0: What's up boxing fans? This is Sides of Boxing with your host JJ Sermon. In this podcast, JJ gives an in-depth analysis of nearly every fight from undercards to main events. Now, let's get into the ring. Welcome Welcome, welcome to Sides of Boxing. I am your host, JJ Sermon. And on today's episode, I am gonna get into one of the biggest fights of the 2020 year, which included Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 2, as well as some other important fights, including a title eliminator in the heavyweight division, which included Charles Martin versus Gerald Washington. So let's get straight into it. To start things off, I just wanna say that I've been a little under the weather. So if you hear my voice sound a little different on this episode, that's the reason why so just bear with me. Now for the notable mentions. I want to talk about a couple of fighters that did very good this past weekend under the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder 2 undercard. One of those fighters was Vito Meliniki Jr. He was a very very good fighter. His nickname is the White Magic. He improved his record to 5 and 0 oh with 3 KOs and he defeated Corey Champion with a unanimous decision. He got a knockdown in the first round. But Corey was a was a tough dog, man. He was a tough fighter, man. And he did what he needed to to make it through those those rounds, the four rounds. So give him props, but definitely give props to Vito Maleniki Jr. He did a fantastic job and he's in the welterweight division. Definitely look forward to him. He's an American star and. Yeah, he he has he has the skills to be really good. Another fighter I want to talk about is Gabriel Flores Jr. So he improved his record to 17 and 0 with six KOs. And he won a unanimous decision against Matt Conway. This was for the lightweight division, which is the 135 pound division. He did a fantastic job. It was a 10 round bout and he just displayed amazing footwear skills. He did get his hand hurt, but he pressed on he kept pushing on but definitely his jab is powerful his jab is smooth he can throw multiple combinations he has quick hands and i want to give him a lot of props another fighter that i wanted to talk about in the notable mentions is sebastian fendora he improved his record to 14 wins 0 losses and 1 draw with 9 k.o.s he fought daniel lewis this is a fight with two undefeated fighters daniel lewis was undefeated and he I think was 6 and 0 now he's six and one, but he fought uh, Sebastian. But he is a former uh, Australian Olympian. He fought with Terence Crawford over twenty five rounds. Man, he done a lot of good things, and I I was pulling for him to win, but I knew it was gonna be a tough task because Sebastian is such a tall guy. He was coming in at six foot six, and Daniel Lewis was only coming in about five ten. So definitely, it was a big height and uh, reach advantage for Sebastian. Fandora and it played a factor and this was for the super welterweight division which is the 154 pound division but Sebastian did what he needed to do um, to get the win he got a unanimous decision against Daniel Lewis and I just I just want to big up him I feel like he should move up to 160 but if he just want to stay there and keep winning I mean when he gets tougher fighters it's definitely going to gonna be tough for him Um, trying to still make weight at 154 if he continues to keep growing because six foot six is pretty much a heavyweight height at this point in the, uh, today's age so Definitely got to see what he does next with his career, with his next fight and whether or not he moves up or stays at 154. Two more fights I really wanted to talk about. One of them was Emmanuel Navarrete versus Gio Santissima. This fight was for the junior featherweight uh, division. It was for Emmanuel Navarrete's WBO junior featherweight title. And Emmanuel Navarrete did exactly what he usually does. He puts that pressure on you and he throws a lot of punches and he makes it uncomfortable for you. And that's what he did. He got a TKO win in the 11th round. And now he improves his record to 31 wins and one loss. And I just give him ups, man. Big ups. Because I've been on... I've been watching him for a minute now. Almost every single fight he has since he got his title, man. I've been watching. And it's just... He's a very entertaining fighter. I really like him, man. He's a really good competitor. He has a a fan-friendly style. He can throw them hands. And he can move around. He can switch. From Orthodox to Southpaw, man, he he's legit, man. I think he's moving up after this fight, but we will see. But that's my guy. And I really like Emmanuel Navarrete. The last fight that I want to talk about, which is with Gerald Washington versus Charles Martin. This was a title eliminator fight. It was for the heavyweight division, and Charles Martin did his thing. Charles Martin hit Gerald Washington with the overhand left hand to the chin, and then he went down like a ton of bricks. That's a quote from Lennox Lewis uh, when the fight happened because Gerald Washington went down, and he definitely didn't get back up the same way he went down. So that's how that fight went. He got him out of there. I want to say in round six with a TKO win. So that that that's something you gotta look out for, Charles Martin, because he's making his rise back to one of the the elite levels of the heavyweight division. Now I want to get into one of the biggest fights of the 2020 year, which included Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury two. Deontay Water came into this fight with 42 wins, zero losses and one draw with 41 KOs. And Tyson Fury came into this fight with 29 wins, zero losses, and one draw with 20 KOs. That draw that they both have is from their previous fight, their first fight that they had, and this is the rematch. This was for the heavyweight division, it was a 12-round fight. And it was for the WBC heavyweight title, as well as the ring and the lineal heavyweight titles. So this was for three belts on the line. And this was a big deal. This was a fight that uh, meant a lot to both fighters. The main belt that really mattered was a WBC belt, because Anthony Joshua has the other belt that can make you an undisputed champion. This fight was particularly important because a winner of this fight was going to be considered almost pretty much the the king of the throne or even top two best heavyweight fighter in the division other than Anthony Joshua. So it it could be debatable whether or not the winner of this fight was better than Anthony Joshua or uh, and that's pretty much the case. But either way, whoever wins this fight was considered the top two heavyweight in the whole entire world. So to talk about the magnitude of this fight, man, it was such a big deal the, from the press conferences, the weigh in to all the interviews that these two fighters have been doing during Super Bowl weekend. They were just promoting this fight to the 10th degree. They was putting on 10, 10. They were just giving all the money towards this advertisement. And it worked because they say and supposedly they sold over 18 million tickets um, at the venue as well as projected to do over 2 million pay-per-view buys man that is fantastic if that's true so this fight was promoted very well uh, and there was a lot of anticipation because we have somebody who can who can knock you out in two seconds and you have somebody who can box extremely well for 36 minutes man so this was a fight whether it was a puncher versus the boxer so this was uh, a very Very, very entertaining fight. The first fight, like I said, it came down to the last second. Literally like Deontay water got uh, a knockdown in the last round. and That led to one of the most uh, iconic moments in heavyweight boxing history. And now we have the rematch and everyone is seeing whether or not Tyson Fury can remain uh, undefeated or is Deontay water going to be the one who is undefeated. So to start the fight off, man, they came in with their little ring walks, man. That was that was those ring walks were, ten out of ten, man. Great job for both of them. Definitely had some uh, legendary moments in the ring walk. So round one happened, and round one was pretty much Tyson Fury came into this thing with that strong jab. He just jabbed with that left hand, man. He was just poop poop, but it was kind of like just trying to fill each other out in the first round, and then like at the end of the first round, that's when Tyson Fury really landed some good jabs. And uh, he threw more punches and he started pressing forward. That was one thing that I felt like was very key because Tyson Ferry talked about how he was going to try to knock him out by round two. And in order for him to do that, he would have to pressure Tyson. Fury, I mean, pressure Deontay Wilder and put the pressure on him to the point where he was coming forward, he was throwing more punches, and he was smothering him. And one thing that I thought that was very evident in the fight, or before the fight happened, was Tyson Fury came into the fight over two hundred and seventy pounds, and Deontay Wilder only came in a little bit over two hundred and thirty. So those are that's a forty pound difference, man. That makes a difference, and I felt like I felt like um, that was a, a, a very um, X factor in this fight because I've I've been around times where you fight somebody that's bigger than you and they could smother you with regards to putting a weight on you, man. If a, you ever had a moment where a big guy puts his weight on you and y'all trying to wrestle a fight and and when he puts his weight on you, it really uh, makes you exert a lot of energy if you're the smaller guy, man. It it really takes a lot of wind out of you man a lot of a lot of power out of you to to push somebody off of you especially if you got gloves on too it's not like you can just grab them with your fingers and try to push them off of you this is like gloves so you really have to use your strength to get somebody off of you and i feel like 40 pounds is a lot and tyson fury is a little bit taller than him than deontay Wilder. so definitely thought that that was an x factor and it showed up because um, round two happened and then that's when tyson fury started throwing more they both started throwing jabs but Tyson Fury was a more effective one. At the end of the round, though, Tyson Fury um, had water in the corner and he started trying to trying to light him up, man. And and one thing that was so evident, like I was saying, he kept smothering him. So Every time he got in, pressuring him, Tyson Fury, he would he would kind of grab him, put his head down. If he ever got into the ropes, he would put his head down and then he would put his weight on him. And so putting his weight on him definitely made a difference because you started seeing it around third round. This is when Tyson Fury landed some powerful shots and he learned some. He started throwing some sweeping right hands and then he started landing more effective punches. And then he did a jab and a right hand behind the head and that dropped Wilder and everybody was like. Oh, it was crazy, man. I'm telling you, it was crazy. And when he scored that knockdown, man, I didn't think it was real. I was like, oh, he really got knocked him down. And then uh, Tyson Fury went back. Like, you know, he's supposed to go to the corner when you get a knockdown. And then uh, Kenny Baylor started counting. The referee started counting. And I was like, oh, this is really a knockdown. And then Wilder, as soon as Wilder got up, he was fine. And then he wasn't really fine, but he got up to show them that he could still fight and then uh, Wilder just went at him, and then Wilder fell again for the second time, but this time it wasn't ruled a knockdown. Once it was ruled a non-knockdown, the round ended, and when round four started off, Tyson Fury uh, came at him again, but Deontay Wilder tripped and fell again, and he was off balance. And Andre Ward made a really valid point when he said when When you fall, it takes a lot out of you. And this was like Deontay Wilder's third time falling and getting back up, especially being a big guy, like a heavyweight man, like all that weight, just getting back up, man, it takes a a huge amount out of you. And it did because you saw like from round three on, man, it was pretty much done. And uh, Deontay Wilder would look like he was done. And Tyson Fury landed two good body shots. One thing that was that people probably wouldn't see, but Tyson Fury was landing some amazing body shots, when tight when Deontay Wilder was putting his guard up, he was just popping him like just right, like pivoting to come around, popping him with the body shots, and I thought that was fantastic because all that was going to do was just make Deontay try to bring his his uh his guard down and then he could land a good shot in the head. So, uh, at round four again, uh, Tyson Fury started smothering Deontay Wilder with his weight, putting his putting his uh whole body on him, putting his head down and put him in like in the headlight, man. I thought that was an amazing strategy, man. And I know I'm saying that a lot, but he, that was such an amazing strategy. In round five, Tyson Fury landed some more powerful shots again. And then it was another knockdown. And I was just like, dang, man. And this one was a left to the body, man. And he went down again. And I I was like, dang, bro. And then uh, De- uh Tyson Fury started walking Deontay down. Deontay was on the ropes quite a bit. And Tyson was, uh, that's, that's due to him pushing him, uh, pressing forward and then eventually smothered him again. But then this time the referee, uh, Kenny Bayless, uh, took a point away, man, for Tyson Fury, bringing his head down, keep pushing, uh, Deontay Waters head down. And I was like, Oh, this might, this could potentially change the fight a little bit, but it didn't. Cause when round six came, Fury did the same thing. And then he got Deontay up against the ropes, and he started lining him up. And then this is when they said supposedly, uh, wanted somebody in Wilder's corner through a towel, and but it just looked like it was just a TKO win, in which the ref just pretty much just waved it off because Tyson Fury landed a smooth, uh, right hand straight to the face um, on Deontay Wilder when he was against the ropes, and it looked like he was done after that. So the the fight ended. Tyson Fury got the win. In round, I want to say that was around seven. That's when he got the win. And uh, Deontay Water, he uh, won his ears damaged as well as, like, his jaw. uh, The left side, of his jaw swelled up, man. Busted lip. I mean, he looked like he got absolutely destroyed in this ring, man. And it was so shocking because... A lot of people, including myself, thought it was going to be a knockout by Deontay Wilder, but it ended up not being. But none of us, we all expected Tyson Fury to win a couple rounds like easily, but none of us expected Tyson Fury to dominate these rounds, every single round, like the way that he did and completely make Deontay Wilder look like uh, he wasn't on the same level. So that's what was such a shocker, man, and... The uh Tyson Fury ended up winning and proving his record now to 30 wins, zero losses, and one draw. So he's still undefeated. Now he is the WBC, the lineal, and the ring champion. So he has those belts. So now he 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 belted up, man. He got them nice, nice belts on him. So now he could potentially get a fight with Anthony Joshua. They talk about they do he can't get a trilogy fight. Deontay Wilder has, I think, 30 days to. exercise his rematch clause if he's going to do it I don't want to see the trilogy fight I mean we Tyson Fury almost won I felt like he won the first fight and then this one he definitely won it so I felt like what's the point he got he supposedly supposed to get two wins because the only thing Deontay really did was get two knockdowns in the first fight but that's not enough to win 12 rounds or at least tie it with six rounds I don't believe that but That's neither here nor there, man. I still want to give big ups to Deontay Wilder. This is not the end of his career. He still has time to grow. And let's not write Deontay Wilder off, man. He's still a good fighter. He still has one of the highest percentages of knockouts ever. So still give him his credit. He just took an L from a better man. And that's just the reality of life sometimes. Sometimes you meet your maker. Sometimes you meet somebody that that can humble you. And that's what Tyson Fury did. But he's still an amazing fighter. He's still a great fighter. He, he, He it was bad that he did on Black History Month. But whatever, man, we just get over it. But he's still a great competitor, man. And I still want to give respect to Deontay Water and much respect to Tyson Fury for getting the job done. And this concludes this episode of Salsa Boxing. I'm going to thank each and every one of you for listening all the way to the end. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave a positive rating and tell a friend to tell a friend of their boxing fans because I'm going to continue to give out great content each and every week. The next fight is upcoming is with Malik Hawkins versus Keith Hunter, as well as... Uh, Mikey Garcia versus Jesse Vargas man, so I'm looking forward to that So stay tuned and God bless